0: G'day guys, uh, welcome to another Guitar Wank podcast, I am your host Troy McCubbin and this is number 7, no, what am I saying, it's number 90, um, yeah, 90, just a shitty fucking day, really shitty day. Um I didn't even want to do today's episode to be honest. I just um America does it again. And we lose Tom Petty of a fucking shitty sunday and monday is this eh? <clears throat> no words man <sighs> you know what um <clears throat> i was up late last night just chilling out watching uh tv hanging out and then i see um The first post, Vegas, uh, thinking of you, and I'm like, oh, what the fuck now? Here we go. Here we go. (laughs) Fucking what drama now. And so, you know, just sitting there watching it unfold through all the social outlets and on the news and that. Um, you know, it doesn't even, we've become so used to this shit, better sense of the word, we just become, oh, you know, another shooting. And I kind of felt like that going into this. And then, um, you, you see the footage. and you you hear the bullets and you like every <coughs> every bullet probably it's hitting something 59 dead over 527 people injured and fucking Tom Petty. You're just like, wow. (laughs) America, you fucking dumb piece of shit. And I say that with love-hate relationship and maybe I'm pissing off Americans, but fucking get pissed off. I'm sick of hearing prayers and, ah, my thoughts are with you. Like, fucking hell. (laughs) As a foreigner living in your country, it's just a fucking joke. It's a joke. And I know all our foreigners out there and all our international listeners will get that. Because the rest of the world is going, America, what are you, fucking Homer Simpson? And you're standing next to the fire and you just keep putting your hand in the fire going, dole, 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 and you're thinking you're going to get a different result. Where are all your heroes? Where are all you fucking gun-loving heroes that were going to save the day? You're never there. This shit ain't working. And you know what? If you don't like this, just fucking fast forward. Just fast forward. It doesn't matter. Because maybe we just need to be honest for a second and just... And this affects us all. I mean, we're all musicians. We're out doing a job and people die at concerts now. Like, this this is becoming the thing. And this wasn't a Muslim, it wasn't an immigrant, it was a fucking white guy, and we don't even know why. So, I'm pissed, I'm just fucking pissed. I had some friends that were there that obviously went through it, and they got out. And, um, you know, they said that people were dropping around them like flies, like people getting shot everywhere around them. (sighs) Yeah. I mean, can you imagine you take your kid or you go with your mate or your missus to a fucking Tommy Emmanuel concert and some fucker opens up with a, a machine gun. <laughs> I mean that's basically where we're at. Doesn't matter if it was country music, fucking any kind of music, it's music. And that's where we're at. It's it's unbelievable. Oh, fuck you, NRA, fuck you. Seriously, fuck you politicians and allow this shit to keep going. Yeah. So, anyway, so we got episode 90. This sucks for Shane. <laughs> I'm so sorry, Shane, to start the show off so fucking shitty with all this shit. This horrible, horrible shit. Um, I, I don't even know how to post this. I really don't. If you get annoyed, just fast forward, okay? it's really simple. Fast forward. Don't fucking write me. With the little fan base we have... I mean, someone said to us a while back, like, yeah, don't get political. This is about guitar. This is about music. Don't. It's fucking all about music. It's all about guitar. Life. If you're not playing from your heart or your gut, why are you wasting our fucking time? Like, seriously, why? And some of the best music comes from... I mean, it all comes from life. If you can't tap into that, you just, I don't know what you're doing. So, yeah, I'm going to fucking talk about it. Yeah. Anyway, Shane, I apologize. Shane, the guitarist with Hall of Notes, we had him on the show a couple of weeks back, and I wanted to get this episode out on a way better note than this shit. Um... But um, unfortunately Shane your episode's up So we're going to push this out there And hopefully Shane will If you're going Whatever shit you're feeling um, Hopefully makes sure you Just take you out of this, this This zone I mean I've had the news on all day I just I Didn't feel like doing much else so, this is Shane, <laughs> this is the episode two. Uh, man, let me give you the back. I think I explained this one of the other episodes with uh, Shane. The reason why Shane was coming on, well, big reason, because, um, you know, he knows Scott. They had letters. Uh, he used to go to MI years back, way before I did, and he, uh, you know, got to have hung out with Scott and become friends, blah, 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 and, um... <laughs> so we organized it and we said and i even texted uh texted uh, text uh, bruce and S- uh, scott so right run for this week shane's coming on shane uh, uh terror terrio. and um <laughs> scott and bruce were like yeah yeah all good all good and bruce even called scott and said yeah okay all good uh we'll see you there but they didn't actually mention the night Well Bruce didn't They Bruce said to me They didn't actually talk about the night So anyway The, the night comes And as you'll see from the podcast uh, Bruce walks in uh, Shane walks in Bruce is here And we're, Well Scott's running late A little unusual But he's running late So we'll just keep going Waiting And waiting And waiting And we You know We reach out to Scott Nothing We're like Oh man We're getting a little worried And we know he's in riding mode, so we know his head's in another place anyway, but, you know, he's usually on the ball. So anyway, um, (laughs) we don't hear from Scott the whole episode. Like, Scott's just disappeared. Scott free, this episode again. And, um, (laughs) 3.30am, I get a text. I didn't see it until the next morning, and Scott's like, Oh man, I'm a fucking idiot. I totally had it down for Thursday night instead of Wednesday night. Oh my god, I feel so bad. You know, and poor Shane, you know, he was really looking forward to catching up with Scott and talking about the good old days and blah 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 stories and shit. And Scott just completely had the wrong night. So, anyways, we don't have Scott, we're Scott free. But um, it was really good seeing Shane, and I think I mentioned I went and seen Hall at Oates, and he kicked butt, and just a great guy, great player, and a good human being. And we definitely need more of that. So um, I apologize. I'm not going to fucking edit this. Just, just this is how I feel right now. This is how, how I feel. So, um, Mr. Bruce Foreman and uh, Mr. Shane, <laughs> I keep, I see the H, the, the H, as you would say, H in there in his name, and I want to say Therio <laughs> The Riot, as Shane told me, uh, Therio. Um What do you guys got in store for us tonight? I hope you guys can improve the mood a little bit. Fuck, I need it. Gonna eat a drink We will uh, See you guys next week We've got Some great Great episodes coming up <laughs> Better intros Than this one <laughs> Troy you're mad fucky, You're just bringing Everyone down I apologise But this is This is This is life This is what we're going through And this is reality So um there you go alright until next week please be safe look after each other Yeah. Talk shit about
1: him. He's never late. No. Right?
0: This is unusual. Shane, what happened with you guys?
1: Come on, tell the truth. Is <laughs> there a problem between you two?
0: <laughs> is he going to come here? you steal in? his
1: old lady or something? you nail his old lady like a, a backstage <laughs> in one of his gigs? Actually, I've,
2: I don't even know Scott. I've never met Scott. Uh, <laughs> never I don't, he doesn't know me at all. I <laughs> really? I don't even know who you're talking to. No, I'm just joking. Because <laughs> that's not what he says. <laughs> Oh, man. But anyway, I don't know if we started or not. It seems like you I'm guys don't even edit it. So yeah, we. Uh, yeah, you've, you've, so
1: you've heard a few of the podcasts. Oh yeah, we don't. Look, life. Favorite. We figure. I'm sure we're in LA. We admit it, but we don't have to adhere to all this like yeah. cosmetic shit. You know, man. life doesn't happen when you turn it. things on I or really off.
0: Main Scott. Oh wow. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no we just we just kind of find an entry point yeah, and find know. an exit point that's and the you're part, like, hey, which
2: man, is I'm, just like live 97 so you're like hey man like in 20 years let's do a podcast what's a
0: podcast okay. who would have okay. fucking thought of that? yeah really <laughs> I mean it's the like
1: back to I the mean? future right
0: I wasn't getting light, with that it's <laughs> I it's, I ba- it's
1: like back to the future
0: I have a picture like
2: that with Scott from a few years before that it's the same it's it, not that same room is that that am I yeah yeah that's I know that room too. <laughs> was there today
1: god <laughs> <laughs> imagine how much dna of scott has splattered all over oh the walls oh i've right. been in uh, into carpeting that's sort of uh is it disgusting to think of at yeah. it all
0: it's,
1: uh, maybe we should like cultivate some and sell it on the market
2: they've changed the carpet because i went in there today and there's carpet on the wall different it's red now
1: yeah it's been that way for a while oh it has where's, where's your lab mic right
2: here oh, okay. you getting it
1: cool. oh yeah, yeah totally
2: you know. There we go. We got it. So you think Scott won't show up?
1: I think he will. No, he's not. He always does.
2: Yeah, I mean. But he's in writing mode.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, but I mean, I called him and I texted him. I think he's. I think. I mean. I don't know. We'll, 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 it doesn't matter.
2: No, it doesn't matter.
1: He's. You know. He's. He's allowed one mulligan. You know. That would be rare. It, it's rare. It's. It's actually never happened. But. And I wouldn't take it personally if I were you, but then again, maybe <laughs> uh-huh. I maybe I probably after would, the actually. week I've had. It doesn't so help. really, you've had a bad week. But well, last night I was good, it. Bruce. I get to hear you play. That that was probably the
2: worst part. No, of it was really good. And and uh, the guy, the old guy, was playing Joe Pass's original guitar.
1: Yeah, it wasn't. It's one of Joe's. It was actually Joe's last guitar.
2: I told Troy, I was like, man, he must have been using Joe's original cable too, because this shit was crackling. <laughs> oh, like, yeah,
0: well, that's why. That's why I. That's why.
1: That's why I threw my uh, guitar at Ron Eschday and went out to the back.
0: Shane noticed something really fucking hilarious. It was it's great. Like the only time people really addressed that cable issue was in the bass solo as soon as the guy started taking a bass solo <laughs> like
2: the guy went up on stage and started taking the jack and going <laughs> testing
0: it
1: well that's the one you're supposed to do that. i know yeah. i mean well, otherwise we'll have to talk or
0: something mm-hmm. i thought that was awesome
1: yeah I, I i should have probably gone out to my car but he needed support you know during the when he was blowing i knew that you
2: know, he sounded good, man. He sounds
1: good, yeah. but he's, he's kind of dealing with some health issues.
2: Yeah, well, he sounded good.
1: Yeah, oh, Ronnie's great. Mm, that was funny. Ronnie Anthony's a brilliant player. All
0: right, well, I don't know how long we can wait So for let's start. just start. We're going to start.
2: I thought we did start. Yeah, we did
0: start, because well, I, I all this in. Maybe we need a new editor. <laughs> you know, we had we had someone email me and say, oh, you know, I love the show. Um i'd really like to edit and because i want to get some you know work experience and get some credentials could i edit the show and the first thing i thought of was, maybe i'm not editing enough <laughs> maybe maybe i need to do more
1: well you know an intern you could always use an intern
2: yeah
0: but then i've got to send them the files and hope that they do it right
2: you want to have a final cut man like David Lynch on Dune, it's his greatest regret. <laughs> he won't even to this day be interviewed about Dune because it's he doesn't have final cut. He didn't have final cut. Right. He thought he did.
0: So well, hold on. What's I miss that? What I that mean, too? like you'll get
2: it back, and it'll be edited and done, and it won't. Be and even, you you can't you say all that, the you shit did, that you, you didn't, liked didn't, yeah. chopped right. out
1: of it.
0: Yeah. So. Yeah.
1: So so Troy, it, as much as he doesn't really seem like, and he's really a control freak. <laughs> Zero.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Zero. <laughs> you know what it's like you're invited the audience is invited to sit on the couch with us and join us if they don't well, actually like it,
1: maybe we should tell them that like scott's not here and scott's we have a guest we have a we're guest. waiting for scott i mean we how should, rude you really you know i mean i know you're being cool and everything but we, we, we can we can let people guess who it is maybe we should do that you know like have a contest
0: Name and have him, it. have him
1: start talking about
0: himself, and yeah. somebody yeah. will have to figure.
2: Oh yeah, it out. that'll that'll definitely many people will get that. I'm sure. Yeah, yeah right. Yeah. I'm
0: sure. I'm sure. Yeah. yeah. Shane uh, comes from New Orleans. Likes long walks on the. Does beach. he have a, Does
1: he have a last name? <laughs> I heard. I listened. Or is to it just like Shane, worries. like Alan Ladd?
0: No, I. You know, what? I avoid last <laughs> names like the plague now because I know. I almost feel like I should fuck him up.
1: Yeah, well, you do fuck. Everyone. But Shane
0: did tell me the riot
2: <laughs> it's it's spelled the riot
0: yeah i know yeah but because you had it spelled you don't somewhere. you don't you don't say ever. people
2: call me all kinds of things the riot but it's terrio it's a, it's a old french Louisiana. same with names. jeff McElane.
0: yeah i see it's a tongue twister well it is a tongue twister for me because my last name is mack mccubbin mm. and he's mackalane but there's no fucking a in that name at all so why is there mackalane it's, it should like be macar- it's
2: like macaroni. A macaroni has an A it in
0: it. Yeah, it does, right? Jeff, what, are you, what the hell? Well, only
1: between the A and the C. Yeah. I mean, it depends on it depends the on Macarena.
0: Well, you know, Mac is like Maccubbin and Macalane. It means in Scotland, it was son of. So it'd be son of Cubbin. That's what it means. So, and Maccubbin with the M-A-C... And there was a McCubbin with MC. It was two brothers. And when I know when they come to Australia, one of the brothers dropped the A and the other one kept the A so they could distinguish between the families. So, how's that for you?
2: That's really fucking cool. Is crazy. that Did man. you learn that off of ancestry.com? I did. I don't know
1: where I learned that. I, I yeah, was, but his DNA thing, he found out he was half Chihuahua, half Border Rican. <laughs> <call it.
0: laughs> <laughs> I, I got a little Puerto Rican in me and she's lovely um yeah so hey I man go. you guys
2: ever tell jokes you know I, I
1: uh, yeah tell a joke
2: um well you said Puerto Rican but you know I have this Mexican friend who just got a prescription for uh Xanax uh-huh. for his anxiety uh-huh. you know and um I said man what what is it for and he goes the doctor told him it's for Hispanic attacks <laughs> oh <laughs> Hispanic Panic attack, it's so bad. I totally, <laughs> I just completely butchered it. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> <laughs> well,
1: you know, it's okay. His name is Sean. Is that, is that politically Terryot? The riot, whatever. Just make sure you spell it right when you want to, uh,
2: when you want to Come complain on, about Hispanic somebody. Attack. It's finally I maybe mean, somebody else will get in trouble instead of me. I think we
0: me. got some Latin listeners. We must have.
2: That's not offensive. That's nothing offensive about
0: it. Well, that. I
1: don't find it.
2: I don't true. find it but, offensive, but, then but apparently what I know? offended the Jews. What do I know? I offend
1: everybody, so... <laughs> and I get in trouble for it.
0: I mean... If you're not offending anyone, you're not trying. Basically. you got to do it. Well, there you go. So, Scott's...
1: Okay, well, that was a nice podcast.
0: <laughs> wow. Scott Henderson has just refused to turn up, or he's in... He is in writing mode. Uh, hope, so. I hope he's okay. Did you... you Try him again. It's a it's a little weird, right? I mean, this is out of.
2: Maybe he got the knights mixed up. Possibly.
0: Now you talk to him, right? <laughs>
2: this is going to be the most boring podcast episode ever. <laughs> this is great,
1: though. We no, need any one of these.
0: We'll make it fun. This is a
1: cure for insomnia. Everybody, you're getting sleepy. (laughs) You're getting sleepy. Hi, this is Scott. Hello, this is Scott. Please leave
0: a message. Leave something dirty. No. No. Wow! Well, there you go, ladies and gentlemen. We apologize.
1: Well, Scott is incognito.
0: Apparently, apparently, we're not good enough to hang out with him.
1: That's uh, it's okay. Uh, he'll he'll show up or he won't. And we've got Shane, Shane here.
0: Thero. <laughs> the riot. <laughs>
2: it's all right, Trey.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Trey. So, so tell us
1: about yourself, Shane. For those of, for those those people that are living under a rock or play jazz guitar and don't
2: know shit. What, uh, well, they don't have to live under a rock to not know.
1: Tell, tell us about yourself. Well, um, like if, if, this, if this were match.com,
2: what would you say? Match.com. Wow. Okay. Christian Mingle. <laughs> I know lots of add two chords and I have a nice YouTube delay setting. I can play CCM.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, no, I don't know, man.
0: Now you had, when did you have lessons with Scott?
2: well that was uh, GIT early 90s
0: 91 yeah around that time was there anyone else in school that you remember that was there that went on to do anything well yeah
2: there was the guy I was going to ask Scott about shit this guy named the first day of school I ever I remember this shit man there was a guy he was an Israeli cat his name was I think his name was Lior or something Scott knows this guy and I walk in and Scott's playing with this guy, and they're doing like this obscure sort of, it was a Matheny tune, I remember it, yeah, but it was like a, a weird one I'd never heard, and man, this cat is playing his ass off, like high, high level, and I'm 18, you know, and I'm watching this going, oh shit, man, I just totally messed up coming here, like, because it was the first guy I heard, and they finished the tune, and Scott goes, um, he just looks at him, Scott was smoking a cigarette in the room, and he goes, what are you doing here, man? You know, why are you here? And uh, I was thinking, wow, I made the wrong uh, <laughs> choice. I don't know what happened to this guy. Wow. I, I wanted to ask God about it. But,
1: but, you know, I don't know, but it seems to me that the. This is going to get me in trouble, of course, but everything does. No one. Well, actually, nothing. Nobody gives a shit about me. That's right. Um. GIT was, and MI is in particular, even more so now, a visa factory. People that want to be in this country and can't get into other universities or maybe like to play music or
2: both. You mean back then or now? Now in particular. Oh, yeah. I think
1: think even then, you know, I mean, we don't don't realize how hard it is to get into the States. Right. And. and yeah, you go walking around MI, and it—it's pretty obvious to me from listening to the level of the players, and to kind of catching the nationalities. It's like, yeah, these kids either one thought they wanted to play music, so that was a good place to go, or they couldn't get into any other schools. And MI, will take you got a guitar case?
0: Okay, come on. Uh, in. I yeah. take it. I take offense to this.
1: I mean, uh, yeah,
0: because <laughs> that was me. Okay, but then.
2: <laughs>
1: Does it offend you because it's true? <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, I don't know about all that. Maybe I never thought about that back then. It seems I just to me like that's the business model. That and so
1: you get those guys like you know Israelis and
2: but really good players. Play, yeah,
1: man. but I mean, he still wanted to get into the country.
2: Maybe, but he didn't stay here for very long because I think part B of that story is Scott, if I remember correctly, tried to hook him up with some stuff like this cat, Mike Varney, and you know back mm-hmm. in the day, this stuff. And I think I remember him telling me that he would never return calls. He would, Mm. you know, he just wouldn't even, he didn't even want to try anything. And he went back to wherever.
1: He just liked to play in his bedroom. There's a lot of those guys.
2: That's all I, yeah, I don't know. No, but I mean, I wasn't saying that this guy was that case. I remember him, you know. Right. Um, And I keep in touch with some of my friends from that time, but, you know, I don't know how many of them went on to be, quote, pro. There's Scott. Oh, Scott's here.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Damn. Are they all, Shane, are they all Swedish? I had a lot Japanese of great pre-
2: Swedish buddies, yeah, and German, and yeah, that's yeah. great.
0: All my, all my friends were Swedes, and um, well, Raphael, like I said the other mm-hmm. night, who went on to play with Pink, and um, Christina Aguilera, and I can't think of, what's Raphael's last name?
2: I think I've met him, but I don't know him uh um,
0: yeah, raphael's a monster yeah. player, but he was like i said the other and it was like every time you'd see raphael play he it was like he was on Coke because he was he was just his personality was just so big and and mm-hmm. come out through his playing and he was great, such a monster player so he was destined to go on and do something with well he which he did um I seen him doing some bogner stuff recently, but um Great, great player. We had a lot. We had a lot of cats there from a lot of Israeli cats. Um, obviously, Japanese, the Swedes, the Germans. <laughs> the
1: Trump, Trump would have loved it. Anyway, <laughs> Trump would have loved it. Anyways, uh, so so Shane, give us a sort of a quick scenario of your since you went. You, yeah, yeah. You grew up um, in New Orleans or grew up in Louisiana yep, around there, yeah.
2: And then you came out to MI. And then, after MI, I, well, I I was there for a minute, and Scott got me a job teaching. Yeah, I was so broke, man. And he recommended me to this school. It was a sister school at the time in Atlanta called GIT Atlanta, mm-hmm. and it was another teacher that had worked at at the Hollywood. So this War. is
1: after you've been at the school for a little while. Yeah. Or?
2: yeah and then Scott got me this job, and, and um, so I ended up teaching there for a minute, and I, you know. I just didn't want to teach for very long. And, and then I moved to Nashville, starved for a while, and just started working my way through the you know, thousand guitar players in that town and yeah. got some good gigs and like I was telling you earlier, I just kinda got burnt out.
0: Were you touring in Nashville? I
2: didn't really do a lot of touring. I, I uh the only Nashville tour I ever did was much later. It was with Leanne Rimes, but oh, you did it was Leanne? basically rock and roll money at that time. It right. was a nice gig. It was a retainer and everything. Yeah. And as soon wow. as she fired her L.A. manager and got a Nashville manager, that all changed. And then the band, you know, everybody kind of split. And yeah. But I liked her. She was really nice. Um, and this was during your Nashville period? That was actually, I'd moved back to New Orleans. I, uh, my first gig I got was the, the Neville Brothers. And in, I got that in Nashville. In Nashville being, but it, you know, they're from New Orleans, right. so that's when I started kind of going back to New Orleans, and I fell in love with the whole place again. And I just, I just knew I kind of wanted to end up there for better or worse.
0: How was that gig?
2: It was great. I did that for eight years. Wow, that was really cool. That was like a uh, opened a lot of doors for me. Yeah, a lot of great musicians would come to those gigs, and I met a lot of people and kind of helped me out in Nashville. But it was like I would go out and play with the Nevilles and I would come back to Nashville. It was just my... I'm not talking anything bad about Nashville at all. It was just my own personal experience at that point. I yeah. would come back and work on just demos and some, these kind of vanity records. And I had occasional master sessions. And it just, man, it just, I could feel it was like not... The two worlds did not meet. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, so I, you know, I just kind of... Eventually, slowly started hanging out more in New Orleans, you know. But then I, I, I've been lucky, man. I've been able to live where I want and play with good cats. You know, I worked with Boss Skaggs, Madeline, Peru. Um,
1: and you got those from New Orleans? You got those? All from- out
2: of New Orleans. I was work- and then I worked with Chris Squire and Alan White from Yes for a while and did some recording with them. They had a band called The Sin, and um, a lot of recording, Jewel did some stuff with willie nelson um, did you get high no but i went on his bus and watched him smoke a joint <laughs> yeah That's- i was in the movie dukes of hazard with willie
0: you were in the movie yeah
2: i'm playing behind willie i didn't get a credit but <sighs> i was standing right next to if you watch it i'm wearing this baseball cap and i remember we were taping this thing <laughs> and willie had trigger his guitar was like on this shitty guitar stand about to fall over it was outside like in, about to blow over you know and uh and Willie shows up, and he's standing right next to me, and I, I'm like, man, what do I say to Willie Nelson? So I lean over, and I go, Willie, how, how long have you had that guitar? And he goes, oh, about 40 years. <laughs> and I go, man, if that thing could talk, huh? And he looks at me and leans in, and he goes, oh, I'd have to shoot it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I awesome. did a couple of things with him after, it, you know a <laughs> great cat, man.
0: Oh, man. What a legend, that guy. I don't know, a
2: bunch of people, man. You know, it's just... it's. Uh, so that's my story, you know, but... Uh,
0: now, uh, and I'm in town playing with... Daryl and John Oates. At and so State how long have you
2: had that gig? Three years.
0: It started on, on Daryl's TV show. Yeah, so. Go back. How did you get the whole... Um, the Neville Brothers gig?
2: Neville Brothers gig came out of... Uh, there was a guy named Eric Struthers who's still a dear friend of mine. He was playing guitar with them. Yeah. And I knew him in Nashville, and he was kind of sorting of, sort of getting into producing, and I was really i was like twenty four at the twenty five and he would throw me bones. He was a great guitar player, but he would get hire me on sessions mm-hmm. and uh, so i I was in his little clique of players and unfortunately, his wife passed away, she had a car accident oh, wow. and uh he was going to leave the band anyway, but that made his decision yeah immediate, so he recommended me to those guys and uh I ended up... I just went
0: down there and played with them and it just clicked. And was that... That's how I got the Did gig. you get a... Like, did you get a heads up? Oh, you're going to... So you learn a bunch of the tunes? Yeah, yeah. They,
2: they gave me... Well, brother took me up. He, he FedExed me from the road. At that point, it was cassettes. Like, three show cassettes. Yeah. Of the tunes. And a lot of that stuff I heard, man, growing up. Is this thing on? No, it's not even on. How much did I... No, you're on. Right? Yeah, okay. Um. Yeah, so I show up in New Orleans and... um. Art Neville, who's the founder of the Meters, you know, he's there, and he's like, oh, you know, what do you want to play? And we play a couple of songs, and Aaron shows up, and I nailed his stuff. You know, I, I don't, I think it was like the all oh, his ballads. There was one record he did with Linda Ronstadt, which oh, I think the big one. It, I, I think it's like Landau and all those guys, yeah. the '80s thing, you know, and really cool sounds. And I nailed all those sounds, and he had never heard anybody replicate that before because a lot of the New Orleans cats didn't really. They didn't care about doing that shit, you know? Right. So I was a little over-prepared at that point, and I had all the stuff, all of I had three shows, set lists on the floor, and and Charlie Neville, who was the kind of MD, the old the sax player, the Nevilles. He comes up and he goes, "Whoa, which one of these songs? Do you, how many of these songs?" And I go, "Well, I mean, I know all of them. Like I know each set. Yeah. Like I know three different shows. You know." And they were doing stuff with Grateful Dead, and there was a Grateful Dead tune. I knew all of it. And he's like, wait, you, you know all of the?" And I said, yeah. I mean, that's what was supposed to do, right? And I felt bad because there were a couple of guys waiting to audition, like right there. And the drummer, Willie Green, a great drummer, Lam-Waddle, Daniel Lenoit, loved this guy. Man, he used him on all this stuff. He, Willie goes and gets Aaron Neville in the corner. He's he mad like this cat, or this cat. And Aaron goes, yeah, this is the cat. And they, I could hear him talking behind this little curtain. And then they're just like, yeah, just tell those guys to go home. <laughs> so <laughs> oh, I ended up fuck. staying at Charlie's house in New Orleans. And you know, Charlie goes back and starts watching uh, Discovery Channel, eating his red beans and rice from Popeyes. <laughs> you know, and I was like, so do I have to gig, girl? And Charles, yeah, you got the gig, you know, just, you call the manager on Monday, you work out the money, and okay. And he goes, just stay here, we're going to play tomorrow, you just, you just stay here. So I go over the calendar on the wall, and it's like, I was like, am I going to do all these gigs? And he goes, well, you in the fucking band now, you know? <laughs> and I look at the calendar, and it's like, you know, David Letterman show, you know, uh, David Geffen, Democratic fundraiser like all the shit like right. a, like life just changed like that next week i'm wow. like going okay well that was and, my first big thing and bef-
0: before you had that way were you at playing was i, I was
2: starting to do more sessions and I, there was a thing that i didn't want to leave town you know it's the curse in nashville it's like well are you going to be a road guy or are you going to be a studio guy like right. you don't take road gigs and i always like cats like michael rhodes a bass player and they would just say, screw it, I'm going out with Stevie Winwood and I'll come back and I'll do... Because to me, the, the, the live playing keeps your studio stuff fresh and the studio stuff keeps your live playing precise. Right. But it doesn't work that way because you lose a lot of your accounts. But at that point, man, I was ready to do it. I do just it. fell in love with going back home again and it was just a good situation.
0: And was that a conscious decision to like, you know, I'm going to learn everything and spend... How long did that take you? To learn? No, but I had
2: been doing that, man. Oh, okay. I, that's what you do. You, yeah. you know, when you play a showcase at that point, I would I would do show record showcases for artists, and you yeah. had you know you get your stuff together very quickly. You write the you know the number charts and the shorthand, and yeah. so I got really good at learning things quickly. So it wasn't a big deal, and a lot of that stuff I knew, just sort of, uh, just from I'd hear it on the school bus growing up, or I've said right. this on other thing one time but my mom had like meters records and i grew up listening to that stuff it, it wasn't like something i'd come home and listen to every day but it was sort of it was there it was there yeah you know so it wasn't a stretch you know
0: was it was a good, good pain gig yeah, it was okay yeah,
2: yeah. it's okay it was definitely a man an eye opener i mean because you you're around Like, everybody would show up, man. Billy Gibbons would be hanging out and, you know, Steve Cropper would be on stage playing next to you sometimes and it would just, they got the respect from all these cats, you know, and it was, like, a great thing. And I learned so much, rhythm guitar playing especially, but just everything, Yeah, That's what I I was going to tell Scott. It's like, that's the stuff you learn. You learn a lot of shit in school and you can learn... You know, your head's full of, you know, melodic minor superimposition and this and that and all those tools, which are great. But once you get out in the real world, whatever that whatever that means to you, you know, whatever your real world scenario is, in that point, for me, it was this this kind of music. You have to know how to distill it and use it, you know? And, um, like, I mean, to get technical, like, you know, you take a funk guitar course that thing... And guys would play like a little E7, they do this thing, these triplet things, and all these things you hear, like on guys on YouTube. And if I would have played that on a Neville Brothers gig, I would have gotten fired. (laughs) They would have turned around, (laughs) like, what the fuck, you know? I remember <laughs> playing a gig, because those guys didn't give a lot of credit, man. It took a minute. They were sweet guys. I love them to this day. I'm, I, I was in, visiting Art in the hospital, unfortunately, last week. He's a sweetheart. They're family, you know. But at first, man, it came hard, you know. And uh, I remember playing, I played like a week, and we played in Chicago, and this guy named Pete Cozy. Pete Cozy was a guitar player, who played with Miles, right? and in the really out shit, like in the 70s. And uh, he came up to me and he goes, hey man, I've known these cats for years. you playing your ass off, man. Let me tell you, you're a bad motherfucker. Listen, don't take shit from these cats, man. Next time, <laughs> next time Art turns around and gives you a vibe, fucking stare right at it, man. Just you playing your ass off. Don't let them tell, you know. And I said, okay, okay. So I remember we played like Chicago House of Blues and Art turns around kind of gives me a vibe. And I just got right in his face, man. And I was like... Mm-hmm. And he turned around like... And that night, he's like, man, that shit was... He, this is his word. Bro, that shit was treacherous. <laughs> that shit That's some cold-blooded... It's either treacherous, cold-blooded shit, or other kind of shit. <laughs> if, you, if you're in those three, you're doing good, you know? <laughs> so that's stuff you don't learn in school, man. You know, and I... I like, you're never going to learn in school like we did uh, One Love... No, um, it was a Bob Marley medley, you know, we start out with uh was People Get Ready, One Love. And it starts out skank guitar, cold, by yourself. And it's a big band, it's loud as shit. You gotta have the tempo locked in. So I I kick it off. And I see the drummer Willie Green go, Man shit's too slow, man, speed up, speed it up. So everybody's like looking at me, you know, and I didn't know what to do. And so after the gig Willie goes bro you got to listen to that shit it's not right man you know the feels there but you got to nail that tempo man because I got to speed up and he, they look at me okay man. I'm sorry I'm sorry Then Cyril Neville comes up to and there's four Neville so Cyril comes up he goes man you know you bro it's good man you know just just listen to it man you got to pick it up a little bit all right all right and Charlie Neville saying Terry and I should you know You got to listen. Okay, I'm sorry, man. I got it, got it, got it. So then Art Neville comes over after, and Art's the the founder of the Meters, you know, and great player, man. And he goes, Man, bro, look, I, you know, one love. I said, I know, man. It's too slow, bro. I got it. Believe me, it won't happen again. He goes, No, no, no. That shit was dead (laughs) on. Do not change that shit. That's what I've been trying to get those cats to do for... So then, well, what do you do, you know? Like, you don't learn that shit in school, so, you know, all day I'm like, oh, wow, what do you do, you know? So then it becomes a game of psychology and head games, which is what brings me to my present gig. It's very <laughs> useful. You you're know, show. Now. Yeah, you're basically in between alpha males and, you know, and, and you're, like, diffusing things and...
1: are you the md yeah oh so you're beyond the guitar player now you're the shrink
2: well darryl's show is it can be like that i was telling troy last night you know it's it's, uh it's it can be that you know because the guitar playing is almost secondary like yeah you have to be able to nail all those parts on camera because they're not going to do another second take but you have to navigate the artists personality oh, and do those guys man. don't get along so well do they? no 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 well, well, I'm talking about Daryl's oh, got his own TV show, show where yeah, it's that's, just okay, Daryl so no Daryl and John get along great they, they're fine they, they're, you know that, that's that's an easy thing it kind of runs itself but right. the, the show is a revolving cast of uh,
0: you know is, do you have one particular artist that come on the Daryl's House show and well how did how did you
1: get so all but, the d- so was, but he's got the show and he's got these guests you know, and they bump heads on the show. No, they
2: don't bump heads on the show, and they don't bump heads at all. Yeah, it's just, so. just, it's just, it's done at a very, very quick pace. Uh-huh. And you know, sometimes things are not what you see because, you know, I was, t- I was telling Troy last night I mean I probably shouldn't even say all the shit but you know what go, we'll, well, we'll go get ahead <laughs> we'll be <get some> in trouble <laughs> i right, well, uh, you, you
1: must have done it during the base so you weren't talking while no, i was playing uh, right? no no hell no <laughs> oh, okay
2: <laughs> just making sure i you can see my phone i had it up i was filming everything um <laughs> oh. uh, you know for instance billy gibbons the legendary billy gibbons you know he's like the one of the first guys i worked with on the show and I talked to him on the phone for a few weeks and we worked out all this cool as shit, great guy, super pro. Yeah, We did one song that was uh, sort of an, an obscure Daryl Hall song called Love You Like a Brother. And it's got these, it's got some major seven chords in it, it's got these four over five kind of Philly chord things. <clears throat> and. I sent it to Billy. I know I did a couple of times. And then we we start taping it live, I could tell. I don't think Billy really even listened to it or learned it. You know, I don't know. Maybe not. But he every time that major seven chord would come around, I, I mean, he's standing shoulder to shoulder with me. I could feel it and see it. Like, he it, it just didn't resonate with him like, <laughs> it's like his his, head his head Texas head DNA head head couldn't process it. yeah right. it's something wrong there that's a gay chord <laughs> yeah but uh I, but I leaned over and I said it's a G key center is why we chose it and I said Billy man look and we're playing and I'm leaning over and I go Billy man just you know just play G man I got all the rhythm shit don't worry about it. I got all the shit so he goes so he leans back and he goes I think I'm gonna just BB King this one so <laughs> so that's what he did and uh, and in all his coolness you know, his finesse. He looks cool as shit. He plays one note, and he like takes his hands off the guitar. He's doing like this slow motion run thing, and it's cool <laughs> as shit, you know. And he plays his solo, or whatever. And uh, um, about a month later, when the thing comes out, a friend of mine was on one of these. Uh, oh, he's watching on YouTube. Somebody posted it, and he goes, "Man, you got to read these comments." And I, you know, I don't look at them all the time, but. I looked at it and it was hilarious because like these guitar players would post shit they'd be like notice how billy is schooling the band and restraining them you know <laughs> and teaching him of us like he didn't know the fucking chords man i was standing right next to him you know i mean that's awesome. it's billy gibbons who gives a shit he's a, he's a legend but you know that's not what happened there's all is i can tell you hundred stories of crazy shit like that you know? i
0: love that shit man guitarists yeah. are the worst too we are really the worst of all the instruments i feel the two dog on each other and just
2: <laughs> i think drummers are pretty bad too they dog on each other mm. <laughs> but um
0: that's hilarious that's a good story yeah i mean you know but, like, but go back and tell us how'd you get the hall of Notes gig how did that gig come up and what was the... i got that
2: gig it was a it was a combination of uh it's, uh, it was just luck, kind of luck, I mean, I had a studio, how'd that work out, I played on John Oates's record, I got a call to play on his record, so I played on his record, I met John, we kind of hit it off, and I told him at that point, man, I want to move to LA, you know, I want to get out of New Orleans, I want to move to LA, and, uh, and we just kept in touch. And a few months later, I, I was in Japan with my wife. My wife's Japanese. It turns out Oates is in Japan. And he had been emailing me rough mixes. And we, kept, we had kept in touch at that point. He goes, man, I'm in, I'm in, uh, I'm in Japan with, uh, with Larry Carlton. You should come to the rehearsal. Because Oates was a guest on one show or something. And I said, man, I'd love to. But I'm, I'm uh, going with my wife to Sapporo. And we're visiting her family and all this shit. Okay, well, we'll keep in touch. So next day I'm in Sapporo, we land at the airport, man. I'm, I tell my wife, she's picking up the bags, I get a call, Oates, call me, call me, call me, it's like all these weird numbers, call me, call me, and I'm going, so I call Oates, he goes, hey man, did Larry Carlton call you? And I go, what? And he goes, yeah, his, his bass player, I guess it's Travis, you know, he goes, um, he's, you know, he didn't, he was sick, he couldn't make the tour, and you know, he needs a bass player, and I'm like, okay, well, I mean, I don't know a lot of people in Tokyo, but you know, it's Larry Carlton. Fuck, he's a legend in Tokyo. I man. he'll find a yeah, bass player. I he know. goes, "No, no, I told him you were gonna play bass," and I'm going, "What?" Because I played bass. I I played bass on sessions, you know, sometimes. know. Right. Uh, but now with Larry Carlton, you know, so uh, so he goes, "Could you at least just call him?" You know, just just call him. You know. And I, so I I I told him, "Wait, like, look, I got to make a call. Just get our bags." And in, in my head, I'm like, "I'm gonna tell this cat no." So I call the manager and I said, "Look, man, I can't." You know. It's, I'm on vacation. It's a lot of pressure. When's the gig? He goes, oh, it's, you know, it's tomorrow. It's uh, a Tokyo Jazz Festival. And then there's a tour after Japan. Right. So uh, I said, yeah, you know, I, I don't think I can do it. And he goes, just call Larry. He just wants to talk to you. And I, all right, well, I'll call him. So I call, and Larry answers the phone, and he goes, hey, listen, thank you so much for doing this. You know, I really appreciate it. And I'm standing in Sapporo, and my wife's got her suitcase, and I'm like, what? And next thing you know, I'm like... I'm I I'm telling him, Okay, well I can't read worth a shit on, you know, bass cleft, um and I need a, a P bass, four string, I don't play five string. And uh like is there a rehearsal? Yeah, we're gonna rehearse tonight and I'll get you whatever you want. So I call my manager, it's, it's just blues. It'll be easy. Okay. So I tell my wife, all right, well the manager goes, get a ticket for you and your wife, come back to Tokyo. So we go and man, I get the tunes, it's like room 335, like the original chart, like it had been copied a hundred times. And there was some blues things that Oates had sang on, but Oates was gone after one gig. <laughs> so then it turned to the Larry's gig, you know. And, um, and Travis is such a great player, and Michael Rhodes and these guys that play that stuff. So yeah. I did the best I could, you know. But it was uh... So anyway, Oates was on that, that too, and, and he was like, man, he saw this go down. And he went back to New York and told Daryl. It's like, man, I told you this is the cat, and blah blah blah. So not long after that, I met with Daryl, and and uh, they asked me if I wanted to do the gig. And then Oates goes, "I know you want to move to LA, but would you move to New York instead?" And that's how it happened. Wow. The long answer. No,
0: that's awesome. Yeah. That's that's a cool cool gig to get.
2: Oates is super cool, man. He's I mean, Daryl too, and they, those guys are very lucky and blessed to have a gig for sure they're they're
0: um and what a career i mean fuck yeah. they have
2: the ultimate rock star stories man just unbelievable unbelievable shit
0: (laughs) is it true that they got together playing at a club in two separate bands and then the the bar broke out in a fight and they jumped in an elevator together and then they
2: i think it is i know they met in in an elevator yeah i don't know about the fight but maybe
0: yeah, that's what I that's I think I saw that on some documentary yeah. or something. Earlier. Well, they're
2: the they're the biggest selling pop duo in history. Wow! And um, there's so many hits like, and, and and people know them from the not all people, but a lot of people go, oh yeah, the '80s MTV, you know, Private Eyes, Man man, they can go so much deeper than yeah, that. Yeah. Like they have some deep, really hip shit. Like Daryl sits down. And, if you're ever in a room with Daryl and just listen to him play piano, you go, oh, pff, that's where it comes from. The guy's got a very advanced harmonic palette. Like, he knows shit. He knows theory. He knows chord voicings. He knows voice leading. It, it's not like just, it not just making the stuff up yeah. by ear. You know, he knows what he's doing.
1: Uh-huh. Yeah. And,
2: and Oates comes from a folk kind of you know, uh more of a folk thing on guitar. So yeah. you mesh those two together and that's
0: And the, hmm. they've got they've got the following of all America. Like they're I used to date a black chick, so she was just like Holland Oates was the bomb to her. Yeah. Like they're do large American African American audience?
2: I don't know, I never paid no. attention to it. I I don't know. I wouldn't say I, I don't know.
0: Oh, maybe I'm fucking wrong. <laughs> I don't know. I don't see many. I might be. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I don't I'm know. I'm completely about that. wrong.
2: <laughs> but anyway, yeah, so, you know, it's a good gig. And um, that's how I got the gig.
0: Wow. That's awesome. A lot of, so, And a lot of touring worldwide stuff, like all over? Not really.
2: I mean, we went to Japan, um, we've been to Europe, we're going back to Europe in October
0: yeah
1: but But the show the show is filmed in new york
2: yeah it's filmed in new york upstate new york and sometimes we'll do like a remote shoot like in a different city or something Mm
0: -hmm. yeah yeah Yeah. but uh
2: but it's cool you know because i when i grew up i don't know if they had this on in australia and bruce you probably remember the show it was night music dave sanborn yeah that used to come on like i don't know what it was it was on it was on network it was on nbc or something man that was just an amazing show i think i heard where he might be trying to uh to uh redo redo that show but but you know you could tune in you'd see like one episode Sun Ra, ricky lee jones right you know um ornette coleman bill Frizzell with like a cello player (laughs) unbelievable that was on tv man yeah you know Miles Davis, Davis Staples, all this shit. Like in one week, you'd be like, wow. And I used to watch that show and go, wow, man, look, it's Hiram Bullock and, yeah. you know, Omar Hakim and Marcus Miller, like these New York badass cats. And they're, it's a house band and they get to, you know, and there's nothing like that anymore. I no. mean, Daryl's show is not exactly like that, but it, there's nothing, nothing that is. I know of. No. I mean, there's Jules Holland, but those are self-contained bands, yeah. you know. And, what's
0: you know, the show winning, is, is that the tr-
2: Marty
1: Stewart's show? Marty
2: Stewart show. And, yeah. and you know what's funny? Darryl is a huge Marty Stewart fan. Who loves is him, man. God. Which who is surprising. Is he? Like, he loves that show.
1: That's a brilliant and, uh, man, that's a
2: brilliant player. Right? And last year, he calls me. Darryl calls me and he goes, uh, he emails me and he goes, Hey, man, Marty Stewart's playing at my club because Darryl has a club. because Marty Stewart's playing at my club. And, uh, you know, me and you should play with him and uh, do some songs with him. And we should do some of my songs and, you know. That's Daryl, you know, and and I I said, okay, and he goes, man, I really love Marty, and, you know, we got to play with him, we, I want to do this song, and this, and this, and I said, okay, and he goes, so, uh, you know, get a hold of him, and tell him, you know, that we're going to play with him, and I go, okay, I said, well, you know him, he goes, nope, never met him, (laughs) (laughs) so he goes, yeah, so, you know, make it happen, all right, so,
0: so I, uh,
2: so I got a hold of him, and he was, and Marty was super cool, man. Did you guys end up doing it? Yeah, we, uh. We did it, man. He was really, it was slamming. Yeah. Great band. Really fun.
0: Wow. Well, Scott's here. <laughs> oh, no. Hang on. It's just hey, my dad. Scott, I hadn't seen you in a while. It's just my <laughs> dad. Dad, this is Shane. Hey, how you my doing? My dad, David.
2: Nice to meet you, David. We don't
0: have Scott. Right. We're Scott free again. Scott free. I don't know why. He didn't answer your phone? No. First. No. Wow. He's, hope he's okay. Yeah we we'll have to Hope send out okay. guitar band fans to find him. Yeah. So, damn. So. I said posse.
2: Posse? <laughs> I love that joke. I know that joke. <laughs> Good. I'm
0: glad
1: somebody got
2: <laughs> it. <like>, Australians <laughs>
0: don't get it. Yeah. Is that what it is? Yeah, maybe. I'll explain later. All right.
2: Damn. <laughs> when I tell jokes in front of a mic, I always screw them up. Really? Yeah. I screwed up my... Uh, hispanic attacked one
1: no, you got no, you 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 it it's enough screw of it. It, up. it was not the most it was, brilliant it wasn't a great delivery,
2: delivery. it wasn't really a punchline it was more like a you know. an apology yeah.
1: <laughs> that's all
0: good it's all good um so uh, you you jump back and forth between new york and New Orleans mm-hmm. and
2: LA. Why, why are you? Here? No, well, I'm here because we're Cause playing. All other else. than other than the. the well, I came in a day early to hang with, with you and. Yeah. Uh, uh, we're playing Staples Center tomorrow night and. What is today? I don't even know what day it is. Friday night, Thursday and Friday night. This we're playing Staples. Oh, cool!
1: Down. I wish I were in town. I'd love to go check it out. <laughs> I'm going. You're going. Good yeah. man. Good I'm man. Going. I really expect I'm a excited. full report. I'm really, I wish really I could. Excited. I'm. I'm going. I got to leave town. Sure tomorrow
0: back to Carmel and we saw Bruce last night play at the John Dom- Pizzano 20th anniversary guitar, guitar
1: night celebration yeah guitar oh, night, night is yeah guitar night for those people that don't know is a very famous actually it's got a long history in LA all the way back to Dante's in this, which was a jazz club from LA in the 60s Howard Roberts had kind of mm. a guitar night thing in the 60s and then in the late 60s and early 70s Joe Pass had it was like I think it was a Tuesday Monday or Tuesday night and every you know, Joe would do it. and he'd, Sometimes cats would sit in. It was usually just Joe, and that was a guitar night thing. And then John revived it, obviously twenty years ago. It would be ninety-seven, and he started it. And his kind of thing was have a different guest every week, playing with him.
2: It's great, and man. it's
1: twenty it years now. And uh, we had the celebration last night,
2: and, and it was great.
1: It was fun. Yeah, it's fun. Unfortunately, John broke his hand about a week and a half ago. So he was unable to play, so I was scheduled to do it with him, but I just ended up doing a trio and bringing up a bunch of guys He didn't have it in a cast. No, they had it in a cast. Right. They took the cast off and x-rayed it again to see how it was healing, and they were going to redo the cast, and it turned out that it's healing wrong. Oh. So th- he's going to have an operation in a couple of days to reset mm. it.
0: Oh, so they're got to re-break it, probably.
1: Yeah, yeah, and uh, but it'll heal better and quicker because of it, obviously. Yeah. yeah. And so that's what's happening. So it may be a little bit more of a setback. They think still about six. Was it? He actually today played his guitar a little bit. Yeah. He said it was a little painful, but he could wow, do. Man. it. Wow,
2: man, it's so scary.
0: Which like what which we hand? do is
2: like his left hand.
0: Left hand, okay.
1: Man, I broke my elbow about two years ago. Yeah, yeah. Man, which which one? I left. I oh, left, and um, I but I could play. As, like this was cool, but if I did that, it was like I was so painful. So, you know, I just I mean, it hurt after a while. But I, I actually did my CD release gig with Smitty Smith and those guys with a broken arm. Wow, and like four days after. Wow, man, it was kind of painful, but you know that's what
2: tequila's for.
0: Yeah has <laughs> has Mike Stern? I was
2: about to say he's yeah, he's, he's doing great, man. He had a hell of a time, yeah. man. I mean, it's unbelievable what he went through, man. It's really so good. he f-
0: he fell right.
2: He his oh, shoulders, right? Yeah, they're, yeah. They're I forget what they're called. The like I, I don't think you can actually break a shoulder, but it's all the bones all around it was really bad I saw him with like he had his shirt off one day and it was like black everywhere bruised but he's doing great he's kicking ass now man he had to switch like he was experimenting with picks at, before he had his surgery now he's all right but he was using these picks and he he found this glue he experimented with everything I went over there one day because it's next door yeah. and it smelled like yeah I was like what is that smell and it's toupee glue wig oh, glue really? yeah wig glue and he's like, "Yeah, I'm using this wig glue." And, and, um, and my sax player said I should call the new record a kind of glue. <laughs> and I, and he went and did this jazz cruise or whatever, you know, on the boat. And and he, there's picks everywhere, all over the apartment. And I said, "Man, there's probably people walking around that friggin' cruise ship with like picks under their, you know, stuck to their shoes. Like, what the hell is this? It's like everything is sticky." But he's doing great, man. He's playing his playing his ass off. His new record's so, great. So good. He's cool. And he again. plays all day long. You know, you just like all the time. I go over there, man. Play rhythm changes with him. And I, I, I feel like I suck, man. And then after about 10 minutes, I just like playing with a really great player like that. You just feel like you're elevated. You know, you like you just, and then you, next day you pick up your guitar, like, wow. For, it it, rub, it goes away yeah. quickly but no no but you know. it's true
1: i mean that's that's you know you want to get you want to be a good player play with good players
2: yeah that, that was a howard roberts i want to ask you man did you ever study with howard or i didn't play with study him? but i hung with him wow yeah. man i loved howard roberts i yeah. told you earlier i have a, one of his guitars and yeah. i got to meet him once i had his super chops book yeah i was so scared to even talk to the guy man he used to and hang
1: out with Dante's a lot. That's you know, where I I'd I'd go down and visit GIT or do a clinic there. And then usually I was playing at Dante's or somewhere in town. And he was always at Dante's at night, you know.
2: You know who's a big Howard Roberts fan and who used to play with him? Doctor John. Really? They were in the wrecking crew together.
1: Uh. Wow.
2: And uh I made I call him Mac, Mac Rabinac. And I, I made Mac uh, some copies of uh, Howard Roberts was a, was a dirty guitar player. Yeah. Like all the vinyl I made copies for yeah. him so and Mac goes, Yeah, put that on my IPOP. iPop. <laughs> I used to know Howard. And he said they did sessions for Frank Zappa together and he has got he loved Howard. You know. Uh, I it, do, I mean I'm a big Howard Roberts fan.
0: When did Howard pass? Oh, uh, what a while ago. Right. Was he, was he pretty old?
1: Yeah, he, he wasn't young. I mean, right. he'd moved up to Seattle and been up there for a while. Yeah.
2: Man, you know, I remember one day at, at MI, he was never there. He was there for orientation week, and he'd pop in and out. Rarely did he show up. Kind of like Scott. <laughs> it would say it, like... it like was tonight? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It would say... No, Scott was always there for his open counseling. But but uh, it would say like, Howard Roberts, uh, you know, t- this week uh, seminar, room, blah, blah, blah. And it'd be like 40 cats lined up, Howard wouldn't show. You know, and that happened a couple of times and the line would dwindle every time. Yeah. And one day it was like, Howard Roberts today at 3 o'clock. And I was should we go? Should we go? So me and like four cats go... Howard Roberts shows up with the sunglasses, yeah. the, the guitar case, walks in, and he goes, Okay, uh, let's see how, how much time do we have here. Uh, like two hours? He goes, Okay, I, I'm gonna show you guys uh, what you'd learn like in two years in, in music, in like a college. I'm gonna show you how to reharm a tune, writing backwards, starting on the melody note, using strong uh, and weak uh, uh, um, root resolutions, and I'm gonna show you how to do all this, and that's what we're gonna do. Everybody cool with that? I was like, Wow, okay. So he takes the tune and like, I don't remember what it was, all things you are or something. And I don't remember the last note of that tune, but the melody, say it's B flat, he would take a B flat. And he'd go, okay, B flat. So uh, we can make this, uh, you know, a root note, a B flat major seven or whatever it would be. And, uh, and he would show how the root movement could be either a, a fourth or a fifth. And he had this little ruler he drew and you just write backwards. And then you would create a chord and choose your uh, chord quality you wanted. But the, the root movement would suggest where you were going, you know. And it could be completely random. Wouldn't have anything to do with the melody. And you write backwards. And like 30 minutes later, you're at the top of the tune. He goes, okay, now I'm going to play the tune down. You go, wow, man, it's this gorgeous reharmonization of this tune. I, this guy was a brilliant teacher, man. And I was like, where would you learn all this stuff? But that's the only time I really got to uh, sit with him, you know, in a class. You know, I asked him about super chops. I was so intimidated because that you have to do it like in order. It's very strict, his instructions. You have to record yourself, play for 30 minutes, and you have to do it every day. And I said, Is it okay if I like play for 20 minutes and take a five? It was like some stupid question. Yeah. I was so intimidated. And he goes, Well, you do it exactly the way I wrote it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, man.
2: anyway it's a long time ago man
0: that was the, and so he was there at mi was robin wasn't there right Robin? Ford no wasn't? i
2: never saw robin there um
0: Ninety one, I'm trying to think. There was one.
2: uh like visiting people. I mean, Mike Stern would come yeah. by. Scott would play with Tribal Tech, you yeah. know, a couple of times a quarter. Um
0: Travato was there. Trevado was yeah. there.
2: Dan Gilbert, who was a Dan. my private teacher, great guy. Yeah. Great teacher. I had lunch with him today. I had lunch with he he and uh, Alan Hines today at Frank and Musso's. Oh wow. Musso and Frank's. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I still keep in touch with those guys. It was a great year, man.
0: Yeah wow i haven't said i haven't seen alan hines for a long time he wouldn't yeah. remember me i don't think but you not you've met alan bruce sure Yep. Yeah. don't
1: know him but i've met him yeah
0: yeah dan i know well pretty well yeah what's <clears throat> is dan he's still at the school yeah. yeah he's still there yeah
1: wow he's a lifer
2: <laughs> it's like th- was he like 30 years or something or more
1: probably yeah he used
2: to write these notes, like I'd take a lesson from him and he would write these little motivational notes, like, you know, and it, I told him today, I said, man, you don't realize how big of an impact that made um, because something Scott would say on a Friday, you know, I'd go into his open counseling, we'd play like Witch Hunter, you know, Fallen Grace or something yeah. and it, something he would say would make a huge He'd make my week, you know? And Dan, too, he'd be like, oh, you know, don't worry about this and that. And I, I have to remind myself sometimes when, like, younger players, man, it's pretty powerful you can say shit to people. and Yeah, you can. You, know, you yeah. can really mess them up, too. And
0: yeah. You can. <laughs> <laughs> Do you teach? Have you... Te- I don't, don't teach, teaching?
2: no. I don't teach. I, I mean, I did a couple of True Fire courses, like rhythm guitar things yeah. and a solo thing, but I, I don't teach I, i haven't taught private lessons in years man occasionally i'll do like a little workshop thing or something but if somebody asks me maybe you know i do it but
0: yeah I mean, much recording
2: a lot of recording
0: yeah yeah and at home like your your own place or you usually I, go have a, to? I
2: have I a, have a rig at home and i'll do stuff like that yeah but usually other people's studios in new york too in new york a little bit not as much yeah uh, I just did some stuff with Mark Egan. You remember Mark yeah, Egan? Sure. Yeah. And um Yeah, I would do like singer songwriter records and things like that.
0: When you're recording that stuff, is that always live guitar and stuff or are you go sometimes going direct or what's usually the procedure when you're doing all You mean that?
2: live like recording with a band live or No like,
0: like recording real amps. You like oh. always live real amps
2: it depends if i do it at my house like if somebody sends me some things or like on my own records i'll use a um, sometimes i'll use i like some of the the plugins now actually yeah yeah I, i wouldn't do a whole record of that because then it sort of starts stacking up and then you lose all the air and stuff yeah yeah but uh you know for like little overdubs delay things or maybe a crunch guitar part or something like that sure i'll use a plug-in yeah but not on maybe not on somebody else's project. If I'm at a studio, I would not bring a bunch of amps yeah, and things like yeah.
0: that. But, yeah. Have you done the like the say that use the sir uh, reactive load? I've stuff never
2: of, seen that. No, I don't even that. know what that is.
0: So sweet so I plug the amp head into that, and then that would be the load box into my computer, and then oh, I okay. just run. So, it, the amp
1: responds like it's got a speaker. I see. Yeah. So, Sorry. it's
2: like a speaker simulator. Yeah. Type. Yeah. So, yeah. Wow, yeah and then you, that. I guess, you
1: have a plug in for the different speakers. Yeah. yeah. On, in the plugins. Yeah. I almost understand that. Yeah. You, why well, can't you should, of Why can't you just play the guitar?
2: <laughs> I
0: know, man. <laughs> after all, all the sessions, we stuff. talked about it with Scott. Scott, you should. I guess Scott's
1: you should. not here to tell
2: us how it's. Actually, I have this Marshall 71 uh, Super Lead that Scott had uh, he said he had one and i bought it in a pawn shop years ago and it never sounded amazing It sounded okay and years ago scott said you got to send it to there's a guy martin at custom audio electronics and tell him to do blah 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 To, it. and i did man that amp came back smoking wow that's what i'm using now with daryl john yeah Just i don't killed. know what he did to it but shit it was the best uh, money i ever spent you know so, I don't, I don't know much about those yeah. speaker things, though. Those look cool.
0: And you, you just run Pro Tools or? Pro Tools. Yeah, yeah. 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 And when was the, the last album you did? Because you got How many year, solo albums out?
2: Four. This year, it just came out.
0: Right. Mm-hmm. And what's it called?
2: It's called Still Motion.
0: Still Motion, and people can go where to get that. My, my iTunes, website or everywhere?
2: iTunes or Amazon. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of my attempt at a trio record oh it's yeah three different trios oh wow and i cut some of it here in la some right. of it in new orleans and some of it in austin so oh,
0: Austin three,
2: yeah kirk covington played drums on the stuff yeah. in Austin. wow and jim keltner played drums here and, and, uh, and uh new orleans i had a great rhythm section johnny Vidakovich and it's got jim singleton great they do a lot more straight ahead
0: stuff but yeah so uh and how why are the three different places
2: well, it was sort of a logistical problem, too, to try to finish everything. So I uh, that, and a combination of that, and just finding the right tunes for the flavor of player. Some of the more New Orleans, kind of street beaty kind of things, swing things I used Johnny V on. Yeah. And then the heavier backbeat stuff, Keltner. And then the kind of funkier fusion-y things, Kirk. So Sorry. it just made sense, and they, they were there. And did more, you
1: play basically the same guitar on all of it?
2: Yeah, I played probably the same three guitars. Which are? Uh, it was a, an old modified Hamer Daytona Strat that I've had for years. Uh, my 59 330, Gibson 330. A Molosson guitar, a Molosson Strat, uh, Gerard Molosson. Actually four guitars. And a, an a Ibanez JSM uh, something, Schofield one that I got from SCO. It's a great guitar. Use that on a couple of things. Yeah, I wish I could just play one guitar, man. I'm jealous of guys that can do it. I, I just, the situations I'm in, I can't really do it.
0: Right, you're always swapping it out. I have to, to get yeah.
2: different sounds. Yeah. Or somebody will ask me, you know, could you play like something here, maybe more sustainy? For it? so I'll have to find so. And on the TV show, it's, you have to use different things like we get like an old retro artist well Aaron Neville was on the show so I bring I know that music so well it's like if I could I used to think that on when I did the live gig I'd be like man if I could bring an old flat wound you know if I could bring that if I could bring a baritone for this well now I can so I just bring it and use different things yeah but I love watching you guys just play one guitar because I think you bond with it and becomes your signature yeah visually too i think people Ugh. they know you for that shit you know
0: mm-hmm. what about the whole notes gig is there a lot of changing on that
2: i don't really do a lot of change. i mean i can do the whole gig with one guitar i've yeah. done it yeah but toward, towards the end the encores there's more like a less poly sustaining thing so i'll switch out a little bit here or there yeah yeah and i just get bored so i'll switch stuff out just to keep it interesting yeah, yeah. keep it in context but just keep it switch it out you know yeah
0: do you
2: have a favorite X? The three that I mentioned are probably my favorites. Yeah I, yeah. I love my old Hamer Daytona. I've had it for years. It's like this weird green color, and it's just been with me for so long. I love that guitar. Oh, I'm
0: trying to think what the Daytona looks like. It's a Strat. Oh, It, okay. was, a, it was their
2: custom shop custom Strat. Custom shop Strat. And wow. they were great guitars, man. And I think they spent so much money building them, they they were like going they in the hole. Yeah. Huh? And then I have an old Epiphone... That I got from Andy Reese, who Bruce, you said you knew Andy. It's not an old one. It's a, it was a reissue, but it was an 80s one or something. <clears throat> a really good one. And I was going to get rid of this thing a few months ago. I just had a love-hate relationship with this thing. <clears throat> and then I took it to this guy, Matt Brewster, in New York City that works on my stuff now, at 30th Street Guitars. And he's like, he just looks at it. He goes, just let me, let me work on this thing. You're not going to want to get rid of it. And now I have that one too, and I'm like, oh. Is what style? Is it a? It's a, a Sheridan. It's Sheridan. A Sheridan. Yeah, but it's got mini humbuckers that somebody put in there years ago for mm-hmm. me, because I couldn't afford a three thirty five back right. then. So Andy sold me this right. Sheridan, which turns out to be a really hip guitar. Yeah. Yeah, that's the problem, man. There's just too much nice stuff.
0: Yeah, that's for sure. That's definitely. Uh, it's too easy to to delve into that world of just keep buying shit and then you don't use it and it sits there and
2: well with pedals too you know I think I think now I I'm kind of I was thinking the other day I'm sort of glad that maybe there were around when we were like starting to play more pedals but I wasn't aware of it and I think that was a blessing because I think you can get sidetracked into just trying out so much shit and you just miss the whole point of, you know.
1: I wouldn't know what you're talking
0: about. <laughs> I know because you use way too many pedals on your. Right. Well, cause...
1: you know, man, the accelerator and the brake are as, <laughs> as many pedals as I need now. I. But I heard That's you it. might get a dumble. Well, I would love to get a dumble.
2: So you're prepared to like take out a mortgage when you're well, having I second mean,
1: mortgage. No, I'm. No, I'm not. I mean, if if Alexander Dumble is willing to make me an amp, I'll I'll have it made. But if he wants if he wants that kind of money for it, then hell no. Sorry, you know. I don't think his out. I don't think he makes amps for what those old ones are being sold on the no, market for.
2: But it's still, probably ten grand. I think. Well, that's not a mortgage. Yeah.
1: I mean, and it would be worth it in the long run. And I, yeah. I, I you know, I, I, I'd figure out a way to pay for that. Yeah. If he was willing to do it. I'd be very interested just to sit down with him and kind of explain to him what I'm hearing in my head and have his eccentric genius climb that mountain with me. And I think you,
2: that's what people miss. I'd never own a double, never played through one, but. What I've heard people that do on them and told me is that everyone is different and right. they were tailor made. It's and like a custom suit. I you know? have
1: played a couple. Yeah, and they're
2: beautiful, and mm-hmm. I love playing them. But
1: still, I'd love to sit down and kind of tell him, like you know, have him hear me play and talk about playing, and you know, and have him put his head on. Oh, okay, this is you know what I mean. I believe that he would really come up with something amazing. Yeah, I'm sure. And so for me, that's that's. That's worth going down that road of musical discovery.
0: this episode of guitar wank number 90 and uh just for your heads up this is um two tracks of shane's new album check it out man he sounds great and great bloke still motion shane terrio still motion google it get it on itunes buy the cd do whatever you have to do this is a great great album it's really really cool great playing shane pretty badass man uh, the first track was called F Thing, and this is called Big Wick. Yeah, hope you're enjoying it. All right, uh, until next week, things will be hopefully a lot better for all of us, and um, uh, we appreciate your support. Thank you to all our sponsors, and if you have a thought, you have a query, go to guitarwank at gmail.com. Support us, or don't. Or just uh, enjoy the hang really what it's all about. It's hanging, right? Alright, much love guys. Be safe and uh, we will hopefully see you all next week.